Hello and welcome to our service of worship from Cardonald Parish Church in Glasgow. Whether you're joining via the live stream or catch up or listening online or by phone to the podcast, wherever you are this day, may you know God's loving presence with you. From Psalm 103, we hear these words calling us to worship. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Our music is taken from worship audio tracks with all rights reserved. So let's worship God with our first hymn from Mission Praise number 1040. Come, now is the time to worship. time to worship come now is the time to give your heart come just as you are to worship come just as you are
time to give your heart Come just as you are to worship Come just as you are Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we come to worship you this day for your faithful love and your goodness and mercy towards us. You are our rock in times of uncertainty. You are our protector in times of danger. You are our provider in times of want. You are our friend in times of loneliness. Guide us this day in green pastures and by quiet waters to refresh us and restore our souls. Speak into our hearts with your word of truth that brings life and healing to our bodies, peace to our minds, and joy to our hearts. Help us to let go of our burdens at the foot of the cross, where Jesus carried our sins and sorrows away. Forgive us for all our sins in word or deed or thought. Cleanse us by your most Holy Spirit and renew us in your perfect love that drives out all fear. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. It's lovely to be back with you again um, this Sunday. And uh, let's see what's in the Bible today. Hmm. We've got a picture of a spaceman, spaceman. Now that reminds me of when I was young. I really wanted to be a spaceman because it just fascinated me, all the planets and the, the stars up in the sky and to think, wonder what's up there? And I wanted to go up in a space, uh, in a space suit, find out what it was like, and to be able to look at the Earth and see everything in it. Well, I wonder what, for the younger people, I wonder what you want to do when you get older. I wonder if you want to be a spaceman or um, a doctor or how about a teacher? Well, 
How about if you're much older, though, um, and you've done all these things, what dreams do you have? It's good for us, however young or old we are, that we have dreams, because God has big dreams for us. Well, today we're thinking about Jesus and the fact that he already knew, even though he was young, he knew what he was to be, what God had in store for him, a really special job. And he was going to be the saviour of the world. I'd like to tell you a story about that. Just when he was 12 years old as well. When Jesus was 12, he went with his parents to the city of Jerusalem for the Passover feast. Crowds and crowds of people went, along with family and friends of Mary and Joseph. And when it was time to go home, Mary and Joseph looked for Jesus, and they couldn't find him anywhere. Maybe he's with his friends. But the more they looked, the more worried they got. They couldn't find him anywhere. Where is he? But three days later, they found Jesus in the temple, and he was speaking to all the teachers. All the teachers were absolutely amazed at the wise things he was saying and how much he knew about God. My son, we've been so worried about you, said Mary. But Jesus said, Mother, you didn't need to be worried. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Mary and Joseph just didn't understand what he was saying. But Jesus knew that he was God's son. God, his father, had an important job for him to do. To show people how good God was and how much God loved them, just like Father God loved him. Jesus was going to be the saviour of the world, saving everyone from their sins by taking all the wrong things that people did away from their lives. And if they chose to be his friend, they could live with him forever in heaven. You know, it says in the Bible, in John 3:16, that God so loved the world, he loved all of us, that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die, but have everlasting life. And the only person who could do that was Jesus. None of us could stand in his place and take all the punishment, take all the sins on his shoulders. Only Jesus could do that. So Jesus sent, so God sent his son Jesus. And that's a promise for us. God doesn't break promises. That if we choose Jesus, if we choose to believe what he has done and who he is, the Son of God, that we can have that everlasting life, that we can have his presence with us always, and that as we get to know him more and more, as we grow 
big in our dreams, if we dream, dream big, then whatever we do, we can know that he is with us and that we can share God's love with other people who don't know him as well. Let's think about that and, and, and speak to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are so good. You love us so much that you gave your son to die for us so that we could live forever. And Lord, we thank you that you have big dreams for us in our lives. Lord, help us to come to you, to believe and trust in you in absolutely everything in our lives so that we can step into these big dreams. We bless you, Lord, and we ask for your blessing on us today. Amen. So let's hear the word of God. Our first reading is from Psalms chapter 103, verses 19 to 22. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Our second reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, who he appointed heir over all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is as superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father? Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. 
They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool of your feet, for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Amen. And may God bless to us the reading of his most holy word. Our next hymn from Mission Praise, number 564, is Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Oh, he 
Let's pray together. Lord God, our loving Heavenly Father, we ask that you would open our eyes and our ears of understanding to all that you have for us this day, that we would see clearly all that you want to say to us, and that we would receive it through faith. And we pray, Lord, that in all that we hear, that we would know your presence with us by your Spirit as we lift up the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, we all need encouragement, and it's always good to hear encouraging stories and encouraging words, and to encourage other people as well. I'm sure we all recognize how good it is to receive encouragement. It can help us to keep going, especially through difficult times. Last week, we began to look at the letter to the Hebrews, which is a letter of encouragement. It was written originally to Christians in the latter part of the first century who were going through some very tough times to help them to be encouraged to keep going in their faith in Jesus. And the main message of the letter to the Hebrews is that we need to know the real Jesus for ourselves. We need to know the real Jesus for ourselves. We need to know who Jesus really is and what he's really done for us. It's about not settling for anything less than the real thing in life. You might remember a few years ago there was a popular soft drinks company had as its slogan, it's the real thing. And occasionally they would advertise how their drink was superior to others by filming people doing a blind taste test. The people would be given a couple of different brands of drink. The drink, and without being told which was which, they would be asked to taste it and then decide which one they liked best. Of course, for the commercial, they would always show those who picked the brands being promoted but the idea behind it is that it was the real thing that was the best, while any other brand was a poor substitute. Knowing what's the real thing is actually very important. We often hear these days about people discussing what's real and what's fake. What can we trust and what's to be ignored? What's true and what's false? And when it comes to matters of life and faith, we especially want to know what the real thing is. At Christmas time a few weeks ago, we were reminded of all the stories of Jesus' birth, of God's Son coming into the world, and the amazing appearance of angels to the shepherds, and the intriguing journey of the wise men from the east following the star to find the King of the Jews. But it may be that with these and other stories of faith, we need to experience the reality of the stories jumping out of the Bible into our lives. Because there can sometimes be a disconnect between what we read and hear about and what it means for us in the here and now. 
we kind of know some things in the back of our heads, but there can be a lack of reality when it comes to relating them to the nitty-gritty of our lives. And so, rather than living with a real faith in who Jesus is and what he's done for us, we can so easily let other things take a more important role than God. Having a lack of reality about our faith can lead, for example, to trying to rely on ourselves or other people for what only God can do for us, or getting distracted from the direction we should be taking because we're trying to figure things out with our own wisdom and strength without coming to God to ask him. In this first chapter of Hebrews, which we began to look at last week, what's being said is addressing this kind of problem. People have lost sight of who Jesus really is and what he's really done for us. And as a result, their faith has become less real and less sure. Some have doubts. And some have started to try and find alternatives for the real thing. They've been trying to fill the gaps in their faith with things that aren't really going to help them or sustain them. That's the general background to this part of Hebrews, which turns from verse 4 onwards to discussing a topic that might seem at first a little obscure, but will become clearer when we understand the issues the writer was addressing. And the topic of discussion from verse 4 onwards is about Jesus and the angels. But just to recap the first three verses which we looked at last week, we were told that Jesus is God's Son, through whom God made the universe. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and represents him exactly. And Jesus who has dealt with our sins by dying for us, is now seated at the right hand of God in heaven. And God has spoken to us and continues to speak to us in different ways, but the most complete way he's spoken to us is through his son, Jesus. It's at this point that another topic is introduced. From verse 4, the writer starts discussing how Jesus is much superior to the angels. And he uses several Bible passages from the Old Testament to reinforce this. We might wonder why is he discussing about Jesus and angels? The situation the letter addresses was that some people had started to give too much attention to other things rather than God's Son, Jesus. And it appears that for some at least, paying too much attention and giving too much importance to angels was their particular problem. Though we're not told here exactly how this worked out in practice, we can find other parts of the New Testament where a similar issue is addressed. How some people have become distracted from what should be the main focus of their faith, namely Jesus 
as their Lord and Savior. They've been distracted onto lesser things. Now, to be clear, angels appear throughout the Bible. While it might seem that uh, we only hear about angels around about Christmas time with the Christmas story, they are indeed part of the narrative of the Bible. And indeed, throughout history up to the present day, there are many accounts of people encountering angels. And the biblical teaching about angels is that they're real and powerful and they often appear at significant moments to speak or to guide or to protect people, to speak God's words to them. For example, the angel Gabriel announcing to Mary that she had been chosen to become the mother of Jesus, born to be our saviour. However, the Bible also teaches that not all angels serve God. Some have rebelled and turned to darkness, and led by Satan, they try to deceive and lead people away from God, while often masquerading as angels of light. Now, it's unlikely that the church in the West, with so many generations having been discouraged to believe in the supernatural aspects of the Bible, that giving too much attention to angels is going to be our main difficulty. In fact, it's really a weakness that we're not more tuned in to how God works supernaturally among us. Because for one thing, it can be a tremendous encouragement to recognize more of the ways that God is working out his loving purposes in our world. We can be so limited in our view of God and what he can do among us. How refreshing it is then when we hear stories of God's supernatural intervention to guide or protect people through his angels, as well as many other amazing ways he is working in and through us today. The fact is, it's often other people, perhaps people who don't have too much of a church connection, who might be more uh, inclined to give too much importance to angels in their spiritual lives. Sometimes people who feel quite open about spiritual things because, but because they discount the church as not being spiritual enough, get into New Age teachings about angels. And that can lead to real deception and darkness because as the Bible teaches in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. In a spiritually hungry world then, we need to recognize that there are many other alternatives out there, but only one who is the real thing, and that's Jesus. The problem for some of the people this letter to the Hebrews was addressed to was that they were putting other things above or alongside Jesus. Whether it was the angels or other things, they were trying to settle for something that would never be able to help them, let alone save them. And so their faith had become unreal 
and dry and dead. Because there's never a need to put something else with Jesus. Jesus is all we need. While we might not have exactly the same issue ourselves, there are other things that we can put in the place of Jesus. There are other things that obscure our faith, that make it not the real thing. But only Jesus is able to give us life and fullness and reality. Because only Jesus is the unique Son of God who has come to show us God's love for us by dying on a cross to take away our sins and in rising to life again three days later, only he has overcome death and destroyed the work of the devil. Jesus is much, much greater than any angel or other spiritual being whether an angel of light or an angel of darkness. Because it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4, he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. And in the following verses, we have affirmed that the name he's inherited is the Son of God. And all the angels are to worship Jesus, the Son and his inheritance is an everlasting kingdom in which justice and righteousness reign and there is fullness of joy in God's presence. Even the heavens themselves are nothing compared with the Son of God whose years will never end and who will remain forever. And God has declared that all enemies of God's kingdom are subject to the authority of his Son, who sits on his throne at God's right hand in heaven. By comparison, we're told in Hebrews 1 verse 14 that God's angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation, which means the angels are also servants who minister to those who have put their faith in Jesus. How amazing that we can know this Jesus, that God from on high has entered into our experience through his Son to open the way for us to come into the ultimate reality of discovering life in God's family, life that lasts forever. Because only Jesus is the real thing. There's no one else through whom we can receive forgiveness of our sins. There's no one else through whom we can receive the gift of life that lasts forever, the gift of God's Holy Spirit. And there's no one else who has promised to be with us always that can actually live up to that promise, only Jesus Now, if things don't seem as real to you as they should, if Jesus still appears to be a bit distant, then be encouraged that he is still in the business of opening eyes and opening ears. He is still in the business of satisfying 
those who hunger and thirst. He is still able to calm the storms in our lives and reassure us with his words. Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And so we can just reach out with the faith that we have, the faith we have today. We can take his hand. We can call out to God. We can ask Jesus to help us. And he will take our hand in his. Let's not settle for anything less. Let's come to Jesus, who is the real thing. Amen. Let's pray together. Sovereign Lord, our mighty King, you are worthy of all our praise and worship, for you are above all and beyond all. Yet you have given us everything through your Son, our Saviour. Grant us fresh vision of your saving love and your compassion for all people as we bring before you now those who are in need of your life and peace. For many are troubled in body, mind or spirit. Many are suffering and many are in need. Reach out your strong arms of love to surround the lonely and isolated with your loving presence. Protect those who minister healing and care. Encourage those who are weary and burdened. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving and deliver us all from the troubles around us. Eternal God, we thank you that whatever we face, you give us hope because you are from everlasting to everlasting and you have made us to be with you forever and you reassure us that there is nothing in life or death or all creation that can separate us from your love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you for all who have shared the faith and who now live with you in the joy of heaven, including those dear to us. Lead us by your grace to live for your glory until we join with all your saints in heaven to share in the joy of your loving presence forever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was and is and is to come again in glory and is forevermore to be praised. Amen. Our closing hymn from Mission Praise number 1022 is Above All Powers, Above All Kings. Above all powers, above all kings 
of all nature and all created things above all wisdom and all the ways of man you were here before the world began above all kingdoms above all thrones above all treasures of the earth There's no way to measure what you're worth Crucified Lay behind the star Live to die Rejected and alone Like a rose Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy 
to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you this day and always. Amen.